everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome to Historia. I'm Jamie. I'm Kylie. Or JK. Yeah. <laughs> this is our new intro, apparently. Our new intro. <laughs> um, welcome to our podcast. We always talk about uh, the past. Maybe you got that by the title. Historia. History. No way. <laughs> History. Did you get it? Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, man. We got another fun-filled week for you guys. We I, do. This one is very interesting and i'm excited yeah it's gonna be a fun one i'm always excited yes uh and we've we haven't recorded in a couple weeks so how you been jamie i've been i've been doing good how have you been (laughs) i'm good no big news share the big news (laughs) i'm just kidding all right so i just went to california a little vacay for fourth of july Mm -hmm. And um, I'm engaged. I got proposed to. So that's exciting. So I'm going to be planning a wedding the next year. Um, I'm so excited. Probably get married in August of 2022. So, so we'll exciting. see. Yeah, I'm really excited. But that's pretty much my life update. <laughs> um, I have to burp, but it's not coming out. So Do you need me to burp you? <laughs> Just pat, pat, pat. Oh, we got Jamie's favorite wine. I'm so excited. The, In honor of this theme. The liquor store. Yes, this theme. It's very fitting. But the liquor store I went to had a huge selection on the wine that I like. The Stella Rosé, Stella Berry. I'm, oh, it's so freaking good. Oh, it is really good. It's like sugar. Yeah. It, it goes down fast. Yeah. Like, we're already over half a bottle but we i filled those suckers up yeah we have two full or not two full glasses one full glass each but. yeah i'm almost i'm almost down one. Oh, i gotta catch up <laughs> and i'm talking first too mm-hmm. yeah so you better take a big old sip all right this is gonna be a two-parter um so there's just so much to talk there's about there's a lot to talk about and so. I'm sure, like, even in the future, we could always dive a little bit deeper if yes. we wanted to. Like, for this specific topic, there are so many opportunities to go deeper mm-hmm. into whomever we're talking about or what we're talking about. I didn't realize how big this topic would be. It's it's very interesting. Really? Yeah, I guess I just realized, like, how extensive the research could be. Yeah. I guess. Like, I knew it was a huge topic, but, yeah. It's pretty crazy. So what are we talking about? We are talking about prohibition. Yay! Um, y'all, it's gonna get crazy. Yes, it is. I'm, I'm really. Oh, yeah. It, it's so funny how how people went to the extremes for this mm-hmm. for alcohol. Yes. So like, you can't take away alcohol from Americans. Like, there's no way. Right. You can put an age restriction on it, but. Yep. Taken it away, as we have found, not a good idea. Yeah, not a good idea. Um, So I'm going to be talking about, like, the basics of what Prohibition was, Uh um, kind of that main idea, pretty much the entire timeline, um, and then we'll kind of cut into more details. Yeah. Um, So I'll be starting us off with part one of Prohibition. Um, I'm really focusing, like I said, on the events of Prohibition, but also um, one certain gentleman who was known to be kind of one of the main leaders um, and went against the law. So we're going to talk about him a bit. So um, let's go ahead and jump right in. Get your wine, get your alcohol, because you had need to for this episode. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) (laughs) We got ours. We're good. It's no longer illegal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So here we go. November 23rd, 1923. 45-year-old man was in New York waiting to be arrested. He was the most wanted man in America. But he never actually broke the law. All right. Did I get your attention? Good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to be talking about the leader of the Prohibition era, which was Bill McCoy. All right. Here we go. Now, let's talk a little bit about... Um, what was kind of going on during this time? Okay. We're in the Roaring Twenties. Um, so at this time, we had liquor being transported along American coastline, um, and they were challenging kind of the U.S. government yeah. and what was going on. So lots of drinking. Woo-woo. Party, party. The Roaring Twenties was like a freaking madhouse yes. of alcohol. Oh, absolutely. Like, it was definitely prohibition going on, but they did not care. People still, I think people drank more. Yeah. Because they knew it was wrong. And 
you can't do that to a bunch of like youngin mm-hmm. people. Exactly. You tell them no, they're gonna rebel. Yeah. They're all teenagers. Yep. They learned that the hard way. Yeah. So um, now, Bill McCoy, his nickname is the Real McCoy. Um, and that's because, and I'm just giving you a little preview here, okay? He always delivered um, undiluted alcohol. So basically, his whiskey, his gin, his rum, they were uncut. They always knew that, like, he had the real stuff. Oh. So he stuck to his word, and that's what gave him the nickname, the Real McCoy. So I'm going to call him that a lot. So that's uh, what that means when I do call him that. You can call him realsies. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like that realsies. We always have a nickname. (laughs) Damita. Damita. I remember last week's. All right. Um, Yeah. So, but again, people knew that he was honest about what he was selling. So they knew we can buy booze from him. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, um, he basically did a really good job. And again, I'm going to go into more detail. This is just kind of to get your interest, but he beat the U S authorities when they were trying to catch him. So it took them a very, very long time to catch him. I got to make a mark. The authorities at this time are very questionable. Yeah. Cause I feel like a lot of people outran them and oh, I'm like, sure. You're doing your best, but like for sure. <laughs> um, but like we said, roaring twenties, alcohol is everywhere. We have criminals making profit. Mm-hmm. That's we're kind of stepping into prohibition, and that's kind of what's going to happen. We have um, a culture that is being corrupted, and so so many people. This is kind of a first, but so many people are happily defying the law, which you don't really see often. Like when yeah. it's the majority of people who are going against this new law, um, which is really fascinating, and that's kind of what makes prohibition so unique in its way. Yeah, is we don't really have anything like that where. of people or like a great majority are falling against that. It's because everyone loves booze. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Most people. Yes. Um, When prohibition took effect on January 17th, 1920, we had thousands of formerly legal saloons. So many places Mm -hmm. where um, a lot of men would go to right when they get off work. That's like their social spot. Um, They can go get drunk every night. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Good times. So um, they used to be legal, obviously, now with the prohibition. Um, no more drinking. Okay. Um, so they took these saloons that catered to only men um, and they closed those down. Now, people who are still wanting to drink had to buy from licensed druggists um, for like medical purposes. Uh-huh. So a lot of them would just be like, I need this because my arm hurts. I don't know. Probably better reason. Than that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could also buy from clergymen for religious reasons, um, or you can go the easy route and just go to an illegal seller known as a bootlegger. Gotta love them. Yeah, um, but there's also these wonderful places called speakeasies. Which I I want to go to one. So I know, bad. right? I just did an escape room a couple weeks ago that was speakeasy themed. It was so Ooh. fun. Yeah, yeah. Did you win? We made it out in with like thirty seconds to spare. I think. <laughs> I don't think intense. I could do them. I'm not They're like really I'm hard. observant, but I don't think I would be. Able. I focus. I focus a lot on the details that don't matter. Oh, like I was talking to the guy, and he's like, "Yeah, you didn't need to focus on the phone." I was like, "Oh, okay, whoops." <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, so um, these are basically speakeasies are private, unlicensed bars. Bars. What did I just say? All right. Speakeasies are private, unlicensed bars. Did I say that right? Unlicensed? Yeah, I did. Okay. Is the alcohol hitting you already? (laughs) No, I just can't talk. Do we need to make it illegal again? (laughs) I can't talk. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, Now, they're called speakeasies for a reason. Maybe you can guess. But um, they're called speakeasies because of how they had to talk quietly to say the password to get in. Oh, yeah. So it's like they have to speak easy um, so that law enforcement wouldn't hear them. So that's where their name came from, which is really fascinating. Just wait until I get to um, one of the uh, two of the people I'm talking about. Ooh, it's freaking batshit crazy. I'm excited. Yeah. It, wait for next week's episode. Like, holy shit. <laughs> next week for you. Yeah. In about an hour for us. Hello. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. So the Coast Guard, mm-hmm. they're out there, you know, in the waters. Now, obviously, the, the alcohol is being transported through the coast. Mm-hmm. But the Coast Guard, they're not prepared at all for this. 
Um, they did not have the resources that they needed to shut no. this down. They knew people were going to go against the law, but they honestly just didn't have what they needed to stop this from happening. They weren't ready. Um, but eventually they kind of make it their main priority of trying to catch people like Bill McCoy who are out there um, transporting it illegally. Yeah. So um, at this time when it's first starting, they're not really considering the possibilities of people doing it illegally or they're like trying to think of ways that maybe they could transport it, but it's kind of not their main focus at this time. No. But they're just not ready. Well, she wasn't ready. I don't, I don't think they were prepared of how many people were going to go against them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because it was such a big amount. Well, it was the entire country, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to talk about Bill McCoy's upbringing. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of going to jump between, like, his life as well as what's going on in society. Okay. So we're going to kind of go in order, um, and I'll kind of jump back and forth. Um, Bill McCoy is just such a big part of Prohibition mm-hmm. that it's hard to talk about it without mentioning him. Yeah. Um, so... Let's kind of talk about him just a little bit. Mm-hmm. He grew up spending his life at sea, um, just like his dad did. So he kind of learned the ways of transporting things, mm-hmm. um, finding different ways to fix boats. He knew all of that stuff. So Smart. he's ready. Um, and he also built boats and delivered cargo throughout his entire life. So, so he kind of knew that, like, shipping, uh, carrying things, like, back and forth. Yeah. That's very important especially Mm -hmm. for every single bootlegger they all have a similar story one way or another of learning how to kind of carry things back and forth at a young age it's true yeah i mean you have to learn somewhere Mm -hmm. um and it is going to play a part of how he's gotten away with it so um now let's kind of talk about what's happening before i talk about how he kind of gets involved in the prohibition um we have the 18th amendment the Prohibition Act. Um, this prohibited manufacture, distribution, and sale of alcohol in the U.S. Now, again, the reason why, one of the main reasons why they had kind of realized they needed to ban alcohol mm-hmm. was because it was causing a lot of domestic abuse. So many women were getting abused. They thought, you know, alcohol has to be the cause. Um, people, they were giving it to their children. Like, they were kind of like, hey, here's some booze. Drink up. Kids were drinking since they were like seven and smoking cigarettes at the same time. Exactly. Um, Women were drinking, like everyone was drinking. And so it's, they kind of felt like it was tearing apart families. You know, you got to have the perfect American family. Alcohol is going to ruin that. Boo. Booze. (laughs) Get it? (laughs) All right. (laughs) But one of the very big reasons is that men were very abusive um, after they went to the saloons. Can they ever think that maybe it wasn't the alcohol? Right? Maybe they're just assholes. Yeah. Ever thought of that? Oh, Oh my God. All right. Anyway, if we kind of look at it, um, how we see alcohol nowadays, Mm -hmm. they were consuming eight times the amount that we consume um, on an average in America today. Good Lord. So they were like drunk every day. um, And then again, that's men, women, and children. How'd they get any shit done? Just drunk. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here just America drunk is built off drunk ideas <laughs> i mean are we wrong <laughs> not really if you think about it exactly um so basically the government's like hey men you must change your habits and take care of your family um because you know the man's in charge so um, <laughs> you said that in charge <laughs> They're not, they're worried about these men, but they're not worried about the children who are now, like, alcoholics. Addicted <laughs> like, to smoking. Yeah, they're not, they're not concerned about these little brains. They're concerned about these men who need to take care of their household. That's <laughs> like, what? Anyway. We had many organizations who were advocating prohibition. I'm going to talk about three of these organizations. The first one is the Women's Temperance Union. Now... This was a group of Protestant women um, who took action by protesting at saloons. They were kind of ushering neighbors towards salvation. So it's a religious group who's basically like, alcohol's bad for you. I'm talking lightly about a very important character in that. Perfect. We're going to learn more about that later. So we had the Women's Temperance Union. Um, We also had the Anti-Saloon League. Um, This was, again, they were led by religion, um, but they're religiously motivated with sharp political focus. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of, like, the conservative um, mindset, and they think that, like, if everybody is morally correct, 
um, we can achieve social transformation. Everything will be fine if we all stop drinking and we're all perfect, which is like impossible. You cannot quit cold turkey. Exactly. Like I tried to quit cold turkey of pretzels and that was hard. (laughs) You can't do it. Pretzels. Oh my God. So um, both of those two groups, they kind of force similar values out of an extremely diverse society, right? We have these people who are all different, who all have different mindsets and they're like, everybody believe this, believe this. That's just not going to go well. Honestly. Um, and also America is changing at this point, which is really important to keep in mind of where this drinking came from. Mm -hmm. We start off as uh, more Protestant and then it's becoming more Catholic. Whereas we also have, um, the Germans, the Irish immigrating to America. Oh, and they hated them. Yeah. And you got to think, what do they do in Germany? What do they do in Ireland? Drank. Okay. So they're bringing all their alcohol with them. And that's kind of what influenced um, this time is that we had a lot of those immigrants coming. So, yeah, again, a lot of people did not like them Um, because the culture, the drinking culture in Europe is very different than what it is in America. And it's still kind of like that. They're more like they drink more often. It's not as like we need to all get hammered. Oh yeah, club. it's like a it's like a casual thing. Yeah, like they maybe will have like a drink. Exactly. Yeah, for dinner. Like it's just it's casual, except Oktoberfest. Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but then again, they do that for like tourists. Yeah, at this point, right? And I guess nowadays it's kind of different because like we've kind of leaned more into like a casual drinking society, um, where it's not like it wasn't as like it's not crazy if you drink nowadays. I think it's because the age restriction is 21 yeah. where, and everywhere around the world it's like 16 because they knew how they know how to properly handle their alcohol where mm-hmm. we cannot. That's very true. Yeah. So anyway, we're kind of getting influenced by these these European societies and that's kind of where the drinking came from. Yeah. So, um yeah. Many people did not like it, especially the Protestants. Well, yeah, you introduce it and we just take it to a new level. Yeah. <laughs> So the Protestants and those two groups that I mentioned were way against the way that immigrants are behaving. Now the third group. Can you guess who? Is... What are you doing? (laughs) She just did like a little triangle on her head. What does that mean? It's the KKK. Oh! Okay, so the next group (laughs) was the Ku Klux Klan. Gross. Uh, They did not like immigrants drinking. Um, They didn't like any type of the drinking cultures. They were against all of that. At this point, we had 4 million members. Now, I just taught Civil War, and my students wanted to know how many KKK members were still alive. One of my students wants to find all of them, he said. Um, Oh. (laughs) And I think it it said, like, there were, like, 34 left. Yeah, there's... (laughs) It's embarrassing. (laughs) Like, you're still a part of it. (laughs) Like, have you watched that Django Unchained? Yes. That scene with the KKK when they first, like, were being established? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That scene, I just die. They're like, so are we wearing the hats or not? Right. (laughs) (laughs) One of them didn't. He was cutting the holes in the eyes. It's that scene. If you have not watched Django Unchained, do, do it. it it's it's so long it's so but it's worth it like i believe who who directed it Tarantino? i have no idea um it is really gory especially the scene with any with leonardo dicaprio yes where he gets his like finger chopped off or something yes <gasps> i think i watched that movie in, like three sittings just because i can't sit still it, yeah it's like <laughs> it's a three-hour movie but it's oh long. my god it's so good watch it yes but that kkk scene i just die every time because there's just they're a bunch hats. of them on horse they're like they could not agree <laughs> in anything <laughs> yes everyone go look that up he's like i'm going home <laughs> they can't decide if they're wearing the hats or not yeah. <laughs> oh my god i might watch that tonight i know right anyway four million members that's a lot 
And that's a very big majority of the voting population. Yeah. Now, prohibition became the law in 31 rural states at the beginning. By 1919, um, issue the issue was presented to Congress. So, like, um, drinking is going really badly. Blah, 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 blah. And they were basically arguing that alcohol made us look unpatriotic. Um, it, they said grain should be used for bread and not to get drunk. So, they're very, like... <laughs> We can use our resources in the correct way. <clears throat> Vodka is not made from grain. I know. Potatoes. <laughs> Potatoes. Grapes. Wine. Oh, for wine, yeah. Wow. Now, <laughs> so basically we have the rich people once again. Mm-hmm. How it usually works. They're more Protestant. They're more in control yeah. of everything. Um, so they kind of have control over the um, <laughs> <a> younger class. <laughs> Lower class, not the younger <laughs> class. All right. But at this point, we kind of have, when this issue is presented, everybody's kind of picking a side. Yeah. So we have what's known as the wets and what's known as the dries. You can probably figure out what that means. Wets, let's drink. Dries, let's not drink. It's West Side Story all over again. <laughs> Woo! Exactly. <laughs> um, society was in turmoil. They're like, what do we do about this issue? Oh, no. Uh-oh. Now, in 1920... The McCoy brothers were forced into a financial corner, so they realized that nobody was buying their boats. Nobody was, like, helping them make money. Yeah. Um, So their business kind of came to a fall of um, trying to fix up boats for others. So in that same year, 1920, their parents died, and Bill had a wife that left him. I think they were only married for, like, a year. Oh. Rough year for him. Okay. Yeah. Now, he saw kind of what was going on around the world, and he came up with a new idea for business. Um, He actually met a man who was making money by transporting liquor. Mm -hmm. Um, So knowing that, like, the prohibition was about to start, possibly, he already kind of began that business and was already starting to sell liquor and transport it. So Bill basically saw him do it and thought, I can do that better. And that's what started this. Um, And that's because, again, he knew so much about boats. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like an ego thing. Um, we're going to talk about it, but he's actually a really good guy. So it's kind of fascinating. Um, but he kind of thought that once prohibition was passed, that um, the law was stupid, ridiculous, that people need to shut up and get over it. Yeah. Um, and so he basically convinced his brother, who was very conservative, oh. <laughs> to join his adventure. Um, and at the beginning of prohibition, when all of this kind of started happening, they traveled to Massachusetts with um, $20,000. That's Dang. how much money they had altogether. And they purchased a fishing boat. And that's where they began kind of using that boat to start um, transporting the cargo. So um, there was a time where he fell in love with a boat. He was like, I want that one day. And he'll get it eventually. But at this time, he couldn't afford it. He kind of made that as his goal. Like, I can get enough money. I can get this beautiful ship. Um, So that's kind of what he was thinking now. (laughs) But they start by going to the Bahamas to get liquor. Um, and transporting it back mm, to New York. That's smart. Yes. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. There's also this woman. It's kind of happening at the same time. So I'm also going to be t- kind of talking about her as well. Not so much. Um, but they, we have a woman named Mabel Walker Willebrandt. Now, what's cool about her is that she's the assistant attorney general. Um, basically, she's in charge of enforcing prohibition. Mm-hmm. But as a female general, that never happened. So she's new to this. She's in charge of a lot of men. Good um, for her. I know, yeah. Um, again, like, having a female in government, that's unusual. Mm-hmm. And many people underestimated her. They're like, she can't really do much to help out. But she did a ton. Um, she went as far as to do whatever she needed to to enforce the law. Um, and that includes firing over 700 officers. Holy who shit. she felt, because some of them were secretly, like, protesting that they... They oh. didn't want prohibition. Yeah. She fired them immediately. And Damn. was like, we're not having any fake people here um, because you guys are all full of corruption. And basically got rid of them mm. and then hired new people who she could see, like, actually cared about this cause. So that's how far she went. She wanted to make sure that her officers were really, truly involved in this. Mm-hmm. And were they actually felt this way. They weren't just pretending. I mean, for her cause, like, what she was going for, like, that's smart. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so they all kind of came together and started to take their mission on. Um, they kind of believed in this idea of a national baptism by law. 
So, like, if you're a part of America, you are clean. You're not going to drink. And it's kind of like you're being baptized if yeah. you are um, just, you know, following the moral ideals of what was happening at this point. Um, it's kind of like what she considered to be the rebirth of America. We're all going to start fresh, mm. morally... Um, I can't think of how to morally correct. Yeah. I guess is what, in her opinion, um, what they thought. So they basically tried to convert everybody else into this idea. Ugh. Um, now everybody hates a converter. Exactly. <laughs> now she's kind of, if we think about it, Bill McCoy's enemy, mm-hmm. they have two completely separate opinions and they're both leading both groups. Yeah. So that's kind of why she's important here. Um, and so, again, at the beginning of Prohibition, the Coast Guard, powerless. Um, we had high-ranking officers and some soldiers who were, like I said, they were against the law. Mm-hmm. Um, and they protested as well. So, um, that means that well, a lot of the reasons why they were protesting was because they knew that America would be losing the income tax of alcohol. Mm-hmm. So, they were like, this is just going to mess us up. Yeah. Which, okay, I can see that. Um, so, I just think it's funny that, like, they were a part of that group. But they're, like, against it morally, you know? They made so much money off of the alcohol. Yeah. And losing all of that. Exactly. America has nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Um, so we have McCoy and his group. Now he's kind of formed um, a group of, I think there are a dozen men at this point. Mm-hmm. And the group just gets bigger. Um, so they, like I said, they went to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Um, the place is specifically called NASA. Um, oh, I went there. Is it NASA or NASA? I called it NASA, but then I, I was told I was incorrect NASA, from NASA. a Floridian. NASA? I think it's NASA. Okay. Yeah. Um, so NASA was his new operating place. Um, and it was basically a fishing village under Britain control. Didn't it used to be like a slave area where many of the slaves were? I think it was like the main slave port. I could believe that. Yeah. But then it turned into this fishing village. Um, and with everything going on, we know Britain is in control. So yeah. it's basically their land. Um, so with that in mind, when he's in the Bahamas, he took his boat and he was kind of smart about this because he decided to register it as a Britain vessel. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Again, he, he's not breaking the law. Yeah. So this is his mindset and everything he does is like, I'm going to do this, but I'm technically not breaking the law. Mm-hmm. So his way of going against breaking the law was to register it in a different place. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so he's, he wouldn't be lying if he said, it's from Britain. <laughs> he's really looking between the lines. Yes. Like, you have the fine print. Yeah. He's looking at the finer print. Of, oh, like for that sure. small little disclaimer at the bottom. He's like, there we go. Yeah, he's like, let's take a look at that. Exactly. Um, so yeah, and again, that's just to avoid not being caught. Mm-hmm. So, um, or to avoid being caught. Yeah, to avoid being caught. <laughs> God, what's wrong with me? So, in the agreement that he, when he registered his boat, yeah. part of it said that the U.S. Coast Guard could not interfere with anything on that boat. So that was even a part of the um, paperwork that he signed. Oh. So another way that he kind of read that fine print. Yeah. Um, so when he's there. He got he gets a bunch of rye. That's kind of the first thing that he's transporting mm-hmm. is rye. Um, and then he goes to the island of Bamini, which is right next to um, Nassau. So um, there he gets 1,500 cases and heads to Savannah, Georgia. So he's kind of going back and forth. Those are like his two main places are New York and Georgia. Yeah. Um, just kind of get like both sides, I guess, um, which makes sense. Well, yeah, because it's, like, easy drop-off, and then they can just, like, spread it out. Exactly. They can get away quickly. There's a time where he, the first time where he was delivering it back to Savannah, Mm -hmm. um, where he almost got caught. So he realized, like, we have to be a little bit sneakier than this, because he went all the way down to the coastline um, and realized that people were, like, on the watch. So after that, he, like, quickly was able to deliver them, but then he was like, all right, we need to be, like, a little bit more careful. Um, And so he had to kind of come up with different ideas. Um, on his very first delivery, he earned $15,000, which at that time was more than, um, a fisherman would make 
in like five years, I think is what it said. Yeah. Which is crazy. So hearing that in one day. Mm-hmm. Um, McCoy refused to transport drugs. He would only transport alcohol. So another way where like his morals always led the way for him. Yeah. He was never like he had gangsters coming up to him and he had people asking if he could go get this and go get this. And he always told them no. Um, and he would only do alcohol again. Not breaking the law, technically. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but he refused to transport anything else. That just wasn't his thing. So. No, because it, it would lead him down a path that a lot of gangsters would go to. And mm-hmm. it, lead it, it would lead to their, like, death exactly. or imprisonment. Right. Um, so then after that, he got 3,000 cases of bourbon. Mm-hmm. That was a lot. <laughs> to New York. And he used a motorboat for this. So now he has a new motorboat. Um, which was something that was kind of new back then. Um, now many people started seeing him doing this and kind of his word came out about him. Mm -hmm. Um, so people started imitating him and there were boats everywhere. So everybody's like, I'm going to get a boat. I'm going to do this. And they kind of followed his pathway. Yeah. It's kind of like they were working for him, but they had their own way of making money. So, Mm -hmm. um, but he, they basically just followed his ideas. The only difference is that a lot of them had alcohol with like chemicals in it. And McCoy um, refused to ever have any alcohol that had any of that. It was all real. So, mm-hmm. again, the real McCoy. So, other people, they didn't really care. They just wanted money. Yeah. Um, so, he actually ended up um, borrowing money from his gangster friends. He had his connections. That's dangerous. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> if you don't pay them back, they'll do the whole sit you down Right. Shoot you freaking execution style. Exactly. Um, But he, I think he was just so confident in knowing that if he had more boats, he could do more. And he had a lot of people working for him at this point. Yeah. So he ended up buying four big boats and registered all of them as British marshals. Mm -hmm. So again, not breaking it, but um, they did help him pay for that. So we had um, at this time, just seeing the way that boats were all over. Um, This was a big time for people to start coming on ships. They had a lot of bands. They had a lot of restaurants, etc. We had some speakeasies, obviously. So places where they could come drink if they knew the password. Um, And McCoy started getting out in the world. Like many people knew who he was in America. Um, And he developed a really good reputation Mm -hmm. because people knew that they could always count on him. So if he said, like, I'm going to deliver this he's going to deliver it. And I think that's part of the reason why his gangster friends were like, he'll keep his word. He always does. Did they keep him hush hush in the community so that the authorities wanted to know of at him? first? But of course there's going to be like spies, some rats. And, yeah. Um, so eventually, yes, everybody knows his name. Yeah. Kind of around and they're trying to get him. Um, so he starts using speedboats eventually, which helps you go quicker, obviously. Oh yeah. Um, deliver that faster, but it also had like, hiding ports for the cargo that they could put and then i think at night the reflectors wouldn't work so you couldn't even see them which is crazy but dangerous oh my god i don't know i mean some people died but still like well no kidding (laughs) it was dangerous now at this time with uh prohibition beginning we had a lot of intelligence starting to happen so there was Mm -hmm. a lot of spying on the american people um now with that being said, they kind of decided that things were kind of getting out of hand. They knew about people um, who are transporting alcohol legally. Mm-hmm. So they knew about all of that happening. Um, and so they could now arrest everyone who could overpower the Coast Guard with their ships. Because these boats were being built so well. Yeah. Um, and they came up with really good ideas that they were all overpowering the Coast Guard. Mm-hmm. I think at, at one point they had more members of the um, bootleggers than they had Coast Guard. And I'll talk on this about <laughs> okay, cars. Cool. Yeah. Because it's crazy what these people would do, what these bootleggers would do to outrun the police. Oh, yes. And I'm excited. It blows my mind. Like, they're smart. These people are smart. Yeah. Because they have to go with what they have. Yeah. And they, and they get, they're not even going through school. Right. They couldn't. And they were just like, well, if we're going to survive and not get caught, we got to figure some shit out. Mm-hmm. And they did. Mm-hmm. That's re- with the boats. I didn't know about that. That's that's wild. Yeah. Um, it's kind of cool that like you're covering the streets. Yeah. And I'm covering kind of the, the coast. Mm-hmm. So um, the we didn't plan that. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the streets. 
Scoops. I know this one's actually kind of a surprise because I yeah. haven't really told you who I'm doing except one person, but right. the other two I haven't really explained I know. who they are. I'm like, who's it gonna be? <laughs> um. So yeah, now they're able to arrest everyone who is overpowering the Coast Guard, mm-hmm. which is kind of easy to do because they didn't seem prepared for any of this shit. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also at this point, I think this is hilarious, but criminals had more money than the U.S. government. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's like, if you can see they're making a profit, <laughs> let it happen. <laughs> we are a country built off capitalism. <laughs> okay, so we have the media kind of getting involved with um, all of the bootleggers and all mm-hmm. of this happening. They actually made McCoy look like a hero, and they made the Coast Guard look bad. I love it. Because they're like, hey, Coast Guard, you didn't do anything to prevent this from happening. They're making bank, and Mm -hmm. McCoy's the one leading it, and he's doing a pretty good job. Um, And so, yeah, that's kind of how media was portraying it, which I think is is really interesting. The newspapers are savages. Yeah. Like, even in my research throughout college, when I would look through, like, news articles, they were savage. I was like, holy shit, like, now you, they have to have some restriction? Like, you think the tabloids are, like, rough now talking about, like, Kim Kardashian's butt or something? Right. They would literally talk so much smack. <laughs> Even in the local newspaper, they would talk smack about, like, whomever. Because I think so you funny. covered someone in the newspaper. Um, oh, was it Marilyn? It was either Marilyn or maybe it was Walt. You're talking about a newspaper article. Oh, I think it was Marilyn when her dress was too short. Yeah. Yeah. They go freaking ham on that. And it's just like, oh my God. It's crazy. They're not afraid. No, news media has always been crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, really mean. Yeah, see, it started back here. People say, like, no days, but it started here. (laughs) Well, even before this. (laughs) Yeah, even, like, it's always been like this. Like, how else are you going to spread the tea? Have you watched Bridgerton? I couldn't really get into it. I tried. Oh, man, well, they talk a lot of smack, and that was like in the early yeah. 1800s, and I'm like, oof. The guy's very attractive. Prince. Prince oh. something. Oh, the Duke? Yeah, Duke. Oh, yeah, he's fine wine. Oof. <laughs> All right. <laughs> How do we always get off track? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have the Coast Guard realizing everyone thinks we're stupid, right? They're like, okay, we got to do something different. So uh-huh. they start including guns in their ships, oh, and they're gonna try to take them down with a gun. The pew pew. Okay. You even sounded like that. <laughs> pew pew. You watch <laughs> old gangster movies. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, it's kind of funny because American taxpayers were actually paying for McCoy's project of going against the law, even if they didn't realize it. Really? A lot of their tax money was going to this. I love it. <laughs> so even the ones who were against it, they didn't know, but <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Um, now, again, guys, McCoy, he's more morally right than other criminals. Mm-hmm. He's, like, focused on being a good guy. So he always gave the money to his team if they earned it. He yeah. wouldn't be like, it's all for me. I'm the best. Um, so he was really good at giving them recognition, um, knowing, like, you should be in charge of this. I don't need to do everything. I can trust you. Um, so people loved him. Like, he was romanticized in media. People thought he was very attractive. Many women were like, oh, he's a hero of our nation. Um, he wasn't psychotic, which is different than more, most of the criminals. Yeah. So that kind of made him stand out. Like, Well, the, he wasn't greedy. Right. Which that exactly. leads That's to- a good word crazy yeah and he was known to be very positive Mm -hmm. and very nice so like even the government was like we want to catch him but is he like doing anything that bad (laughs) besides you know transporting (laughs) but still um now with this happening and many more people following in his tracks Mm -hmm. um america is now able to arrest anyone on the coast despite what country they were registered in so they create this new law so that in his situation, since mm-hmm. they're registered in Britain, they could arrest him. And now he is um, on the number one. He's number one most wanted Shit. at this point. Yeah. He's the Coast Guard's target. Mm. So um, keep that in mind. Now yeah. let's talk a little bit about um, the culture that's happening right now. So mm-hmm. what's going on while all this is going on? We have McCoy on the ships. We have many people transporting. But let's talk about, like, what's everybody else doing? Flapper dresses. I'm getting there. Oh. <laughs> Don't spoil it. <laughs> we have 
jazz music. I love it. It is huge. Um, and at this point, it is so fashionable to break the law. So, like, mm-hmm. everybody's drinking. Like, we have women kind of going against the law as well. The 20s and the 30s are such a big era for women. Yeah. Like, oh, I love it. Well, fashion, too. Yes. it Because you went from super long dresses, more conservative, mm-hmm. to freaking showing off their bootays, their legs, yeah. their chest, right. their arms, like all ev- the things. Their arms. Their arms. Everything. <laughs> their fingers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm actually going to talk about that. So we have emancipated young women, also known as flappers. Um, who moved to New York City and found jobs. They were able to rent apartments on their own, and they showed their own independence, which was like, wait, you're not going to rely on a man? Mm -hmm. You're not going to rely on your dad? Like, you're just going to rely on yourself? That was kind of unknown. That was an unknown idea for women at this time. Yeah. Um, So they were able to show their own independence, and the flappers are very confident in themselves, and that's something that is really hard to get rid of. Yeah. So they might see it as an issue, like especially the Protestant women. They mm-hmm. were like, oh, how dare you guys ruining our reputation? Mm-hmm. Um, but they can't do anything to change it. If a woman's no. confident, they're going to be confident. Mm-hmm. Like you can't do anything to tear them down. Preach it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just kidding. All right. Um, but it was just cool because young women could have an opportunity to be themselves and Mm -hmm. to not worry about other people. Um, So they went to speakeasies all the time. And that's where you could find most of those flappers getting their drink on, getting their shimmy shimmy. I love it. Shimmy shimmy. Um, But we tend to think of um, this era as a time where everybody was partying, but the average citizen was living in poverty. Um, Because if we think about like other issues that are going on right now, Mm -hmm. not everybody's partying. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, that was more of the upper class, middle class. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we have a big majority living in poverty. Um, not everybody was having a good time. People were really just trying to survive. So we had thousands that died from contaminated alcohol. I mentioned how many people had chemicals in their alcohol without realizing it, or maybe they knew. Um, so many people died from that. Um, crime was skyrocketing, going up. We'll talk more about crimes later. Right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, And we also have America society sliding into the Great Depression. So That was rough. Yes. So, again, that's kind of the average citizen right now. It's not not like we can reach in there and be like, okay, the average person is going to be partying right now in a speakeasy. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. Most people were really suffering at this point. Um, Knowing that there weren't a lot of jobs open at this point, Criminals were actually creating jobs for people, so they were kind of recruiting, like, foot soldiers um, and people who would help them for more job opportunities, which is like, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Gives them an opportunity, gives them something to do. Um, And then they kind of called it the rum game. A lot of times it's the rum war. You kind of hear both of those terms. Um, But it's becoming a huge business. So, um, but... We also have many hijackers. So we have many people who are getting on boats, mm-hmm. pretending to be part of those businesses, and then killing everyone on that boat um, or trying to give away where they are, their location and everything oh like my that. God. So that happened a lot. There were a lot of hijackers. Mm-hmm. Um, the Coast Guard was constantly thinking of new ways to catch them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were finally effective when they kind of created this system of like putting their guns in a specific spot. And um, they had all of this technology that they were creating and and they were thinking in the mindset of like people like mccoy Mm -hmm. like what is he going to come up with next so they were finally effective um basically Mm -hmm. now mccoy knew this mccoy knew that they are starting to become more powerful Mm -hmm. and so he's moving into new areas so he's kind of leaving the bahamas behind people are still there but he's like okay i'm gonna go somewhere else they won't be able to catch me everybody can follow me if you want Um, But this is where I'm going. Because he knew they're after him, not so much after everybody else. Yeah. If they see somebody doing it, they're going to catch them. But McCoy's their number one target. But the thing is that if they get his men along the way, then he's not going to have anything. And so he's the last man standing. Yeah. So that's That's true. There's like two different ways that they want to take it. Yeah. 
And either way, at this point, I think they're just desperate for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, in August of 1923, there was one boat, one of his boats was spotted by Captain Ryan and the Coast Guard. Um, McCoy was on that boat and he fired the gun in the air, basically saying, get out of here. Mm-hmm. I don't want you. Um, so he ended up getting away with that. He just, I don't, I think they were just like, okay, we'll come back. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't capture him, but they just didn't. Um, and they were just like, okay, sorry. I think they tried shooting at his boat and it just didn't go well. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't much he could do. Mm-hmm. So, um, now McCoy gets together with a rye selling company and he meets a woman named Gertrude Lithgow. Mm. She was involved in this company um, and they were distributing um, all of this rye. Okay, so it's just a huge a place that they were distributing it all. Now, because she's a female, the males in distribution company, they bullied her a lot. <laughs> they were Aww. like, you can't do this. We will take care of this. Mm-hmm. But McCoy saw her and was like, you're joining my team. And they became like partners in crime. Nice. Um, so, um, yeah, he basically decided to help her out. Uh, she was actually known as the queen of the bootleggers because nice. she helped them with everything. Yeah. Um, where some men would be like, I'm a little scared to do that. She'd be like, let's go. And she, she would come up with really good ideas. Yeah. Like, we should go here. We should go here. Um, so they called her the queen of the bootleggers. <laughs> She's really fun. Um, America had signed a treaty with Great Britain allowing Coast Guard to actually come to Britain waters and arrest people there. Ooh. So at first they had to wait until they came to America, mm-hmm. but now they can actually cross. So that's going to change everything. Little did they know he was not there. I know. He's over here now. <laughs> um, he's moving towards France at this point. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Very culture. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The Coast Guard was trying to follow McCoy into the international waters. You know, Mm -hmm. that's their goal. They're like, he's probably over here. Um, They gave one man um, specifically, his name was Lieutenant Perkins. They gave him the job to capture uh, McCoy. So he would be the one in charge of that. Mm -hmm. Um, They actually spotted him because he came back to that area, the Bahamas area, um, after a couple weeks. And so they actually ended up spotting his, one of his boats. Um, They saw him on it with his men and so Lieutenant Perkins told them to take down the sail. They looked at, the men looked at McCoy and then did it. Yeah. And that was probably the saddest day of McCoy's life. Aww. Because that changed everything. So um, he's now open. They can see him. Yeah. Um, so on November 23rd, 1923, he's basically done with everything. Um, they arrest him. Obviously, prohibition continues for another 10 years, but mm-hmm. he is now arrested. Um, he actually, earlier in his life, a few years before this, he ended up saving somebody's life. Um, so just another way of him being a good person. Yeah. And that person wanted to pay him back by bailing him out of jail. So he gave Aww. up, like, all of his money <laughs> to bail him out of jail. Oh, Yeah. Um, and then we also had Mabel. I talked about her a long time ago, mm-hmm. leading of the side of um, Prohibition. Yay! Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Um, she actually offered him a deal to plead guilty. And that deal was that if he pleaded guilty, then his brother wouldn't be in trouble. So he could mm. basically take all of the blame and his brother would get away with it. Being the man that he is, he took it, Jeez. admitted his own guilt... And they dropped, they dropped the charges for his brother yeah. by him pleading guilty. So he did that all for him. That's I can't imagine how his brother was feeling, especially with, like, pride of, like, you just bailed me out. I have yeah. nothing, like, that confliction that you probably have with exactly. yourself. Yeah. Um, it's just crazy that he just, it wasn't even a hesitation. Oh. All this sort of said, like, he was just like, yeah, I did it. I mean, they kind of knew he did, but yeah. <laughs> um, he ended up serving nine months in jail on March 25th, 1924. So that's not too long. But. I don't know. He was so famous. People loved him so much. He was actually spotted around town a couple times. What? <laughs> I don't know how they like got him out, but I'm guessing he was like cool with all the guards because he's just oh, awesome. He's probably like, hey guys, you want to go for a stick? <laughs> yeah. And they were like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Um, but one time the press spotted him 
and then he couldn't really do that anymore. Mm. But he actually ended up getting out nine months later, so on Christmas Day in 1924. Oh, how fun. And guess who picked him up? His brother. Oh, That's so sweet. They probably did a whole, like, bromance hug. Like, oh, yeah. I love you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> they spent the rest of their lives back home. They went back to Florida, where mm-hmm. they were from. And um, he ended up spending all of his money on lawyers so he could live his life <laughs> and not have to worry about being in jail. Yeah. Um, they ended up returning to the boat building business, and they dabbled in real estate as well. That's smart. Yeah. Even now, it's really smart. Especially, exactly. like, here in Colorado, you can freaking buy a house for, like... Mm-hmm. three like a few years ago probably for like 275 and you can probably sell it for like 400,000 now yeah it's stupid it's insane <laughs> um but yeah so that's kind of what happened to the McCoys mm-hmm. um he, they lived happily ever after he didn't die like <laughs> <laughs> they went off into the sunset yeah um but let's talk about after McCoy mm-hmm. he'll come back a little bit but Let's talk about it. The rum war is continuing. Uh-huh. It's not the end just because no. he's caught, obviously. Um, we have the government who was never really completely successful in stopping them. It's continuing. They can't stop everybody because there's no. so many people um, involved in this. We have the Great Depression comes in, shatters finances. Everything's Everybody. a mess. Yeah. Um, many rum runners were killed because they were just basically at the point where they were just shooting up all the boats. Mm-hmm. Um, even just fishermen. Like, some fishermen were killed just for fishing. Jeez. But they didn't know well, who to trust. they didn't know. Okay. Yeah. Um, alcohol is still banned, but um, now it's banned literally everywhere. Um, so it's just kind of getting bigger. Yeah. The dries started to... Um, they had this idea to offer a repeal of prohibition by popular vote. So they're, they're just kind of like, let's just see what everyone thinks. Mm-hmm. So on April 4th, 1933, the 21st Amendment won the popular vote and prohibition was repealed. They had the oh. biggest party in American history right after. Hell yeah. <laughs> I can just imagine that party. <laughs> it's probably so fun. Um, and if we honestly think about prohibition as a whole, it never really helped society. No. Like, there's really nothing that it did. Logically speaking, I'm not just saying that because I like a good alcoholic drink once in a while, but I'm saying that as a, as a person who's like thinking of it logically, like what, what did we get from this? <laughs> we lost right, money. You can't take away alcohol from yeah. people. We, we have an increase in homelessness. Yeah. Okay. We have corruption. We have alcoholism. It's still going on. People are still drinking. Yeah. So you didn't fix that problem. It's kind of worse at this yeah. point because they know that they can't. Exactly. And more people are dying or dead. Mm-hmm. than there would have been in the first place. Um, and no other constitutional amendment has ever been repealed like that. So this was kind of an original idea mm-hmm. of doing so. Um, but this kind of taught America and surrounding places that the majority has to agree. You can't just come up with your own ideas and think that everyone's going to follow you. Mm-hmm. Like those organizations that were like, hey, we're going to start fresh. No. It's not how it works. But you have 20% of the population. That's not, no. it's not going to go well. No. Um, so it also kind of showed us how we should react to war. Like, what should we do if we have people on both sides? Mm-hmm. McCoy shows us that we can respect them still. Like, we may disagree with somebody, but we can still give them respect. And he always did that. Yeah. Um, so... He, it's just such an interesting, like, concept that he's a criminal, but he's a really good guy. <laughs> I love it. Well, if they didn't uh, elite, make it illegal, then he technically wasn't... Exactly. He really mm. wasn't. They consider him a criminal, but I think it's because he was the number one most wanted. Yeah, because I'm trying to think of, like, where was he getting his alcohol from exactly? Was he getting it from, like, actual businesses? Like in yes. the like smaller okay. businesses. Yeah. So if he was making it himself, like someone I'm going to be talking about, then that mm-hmm. would be more like criminalizing. Yeah. But because yeah. it's not against getting regulations. It yeah. Right. Um, let's talk about, let's, it's like the end of a movie where the credits are there and it's like, John ended up performing at his um, championship basketball game. Performing. You know what I'm talking about, though, where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sally became a lawyer in 1926. Oh, yeah. It's so, like the little flash yeah, yeah, of the yeah. pictures and then a little caption. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about it. Mabel. 
going back to our mm-hmm. um, female a homegirl homegirl she never received any recognition she kind of fell flat in the history books nobody talked about her that's so sad and she did a lot yeah um for this so she i think she stopped or i think she quit around 1925 mm-hmm. um and she be, actually became a lawyer and really? ended up taking a job with amelia Earhart. nice yeah it's kind of fascinating but again didn't get any recognition for anything she did a lot of women don't for that time, which is unfortunate. But it's it's becoming more common now. Oh, for sure. Especially she would probably have it now. Well, just everything in general of like history that we don't really know about is coming out now, mm-hmm. especially with um, the black community, which is so yeah. good to see. Oh, for sure, yeah. Because they have so many stories. Like I do want to cover uh, some of the rebellions, mm-hmm. maybe even the Tulsa. Those are crazy. Oh, cool, they yeah. need to be told. Yeah. Um, Bill McCoy uh-huh. got word that the Arethusa. Arith- so this was the ship that I talked about a long time ago. He fell in love with it. Yeah. He finally earned it. Hey! I think towards the end of his career. Um, and he found, he got word that it crashed, unfortunately. Oh no. And so he went over to see all of the remaining pieces of it kind of walked to the shore oh, thought, thinking oh, about it. Oh, he no. said it was the only thing he truly loved. Oh no. <laughs> other than his other than his brother. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. He was his brother. <laughs> um, he ended up getting food poisoning and died at the age of 71. That's not bad, especially for, for that time, but like yeah. food poisoning. That right. sucks. Yeah. And so again, people are partying. They have their alcohol now. And they lived happily ever after. Yeah, okay. <laughs> or did they? <laughs> boom, boom. We're not going to know. Dirty 30s are right around the corner. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot more coming for us. Um, World War II, <laughs> Vietnam, God. Korean War. We're just beginning, everyone. God, there's so much. But that what that's like that's like the batter of the mm-hmm. cake that you're mixing together. Yeah. And then the 30s, it's like in the oven. Right. And then the 40s. You start icing it, and then the 50s and 60s, like, you put the, like, decorations on it, and then, like, moving forward, it's just like, ta-da! Right, It's just like a disgusting-looking cake. (laughs) But, yeah, that's part one of Prohibition. Um, So fun. Yeah, I, I think it's so fascinating. I took a history class in college, and it was American History. Yeah. There was something about prohibition that like stood out to me so much that I was so fascinated. I'm like, what? That's so crazy. It it is one of the crazy stories to tell just because there's so much to it. And mm-hmm. so that's where like the freaking peak of gangsters. Yeah. That's how they became huge. And um just for like next week's episode. I just want to put it in now that I will not be discussing Al, Al Capone. Yes. Even though he is a huge character in the prohibition era i just can't cover it in my episode because there's too much to him there's more than Mm -hmm. just prohibition to him like i i want to do like a separate series on him because it's just it he's crazy like i think we i think we can do that soon yeah it's it's wild he has a lot yeah (laughs) but this was fun. This one was fun. I know. Um, I loved researching it. Like, yeah. for hours, I was just writing things. Like, whoa, that's how cool. <laughs> yeah. Fun times. Um, yeah. yeah. We'll talk more about it eventually. We'll cover mm-hmm. more criminals. And stay tuned for part two. I will be talking about uh, three key people, or about four people, uh, who really took a huge stand in prohibition before during and after so if they awesome. are huge people i don't you may know them you may not like i think it was two of them i did not know mm-hmm. i was i was just like holy shit like i didn't know they were that big but stay tuned for next week listen up it is going to be very fun it's very wild thank you for joining us this week yeah, thanks for joining us on Historia. Uh, please follow our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook group at Historia the Podcast. If you have any ideas, topic ideas, or anything of the sort, mm-hmm. um, or you want to tell us a story, or you just want to say hi, you can email us at Do Historia it. the Podcast at gmail.com. Heck yeah. Um, 
until then, thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Make history. Oh, God. <gasps> we never said what we learned. Oh, crap. What did you learn? I kind of said mine. Um, just of the fact of, like, um, you can respect other people even if you don't agree with them. So I feel like McCoy did a good job with that. Yeah. So he wasn't, like, protesting like crazy and, like, yelling at people. He knew what he believed in, went for that, but still respected the other side. Mm-hmm. So I think it's possible. What'd you learn? Drink responsibly. That's a good one, too. Don't give your seven-year-old alcohol. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, <laughs> that is what we learned. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're going to say bye now. Officially. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you guys next week. See ya. Bye. Bye. <laughs>